Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay. That's Gerald. That's Espo. How was your weekend, guys? Look, Gerald made me more happy than my weekend just a second ago. <laughs> You'll all eventually find out why, but he was just <laughs> spectacular right before we came on air. Thank you, Gerald, for making me so giddy and happy. You're this welcome. This is the most excited I've seen Espo about I a know. piece of content in a really long time. I remember this moment a few. Gerald, you just warm my heart. That's uh, what I'm just going to say. I'm glad right. to hear it. Did you have a good weekend, Gerald? Did you do Barbenheimer? I did. I did do Barbenheimer. We've got G-rateds coming out on both of those movies later this evening and tomorrow morning, so make sure to check those out. But I had a great weekend. Okay, give, give us a little sneak peek. Which was which was? I better? mean, like, listen, <sighs> I don't, I don't you, want no yes. spoils whatsoever because no I haven't seen either of them yet. Right. No spoilers. I personally liked Oppenheimer better, That's my man. but I think Barbie is more easily accessible. Is there that. true... Uh, there was a DCEU Snyderverse joke in Barbie. There is. All right. Yes, then that, there is. I'll, I'll, I give it. <laughs> I give it a pass. I'll be going. It didn't get very many laughs. I'll oh, I'll laugh. But. So that's all that matters. Different audience, maybe not mm, the right probably audience. Probably different. Possibly. Yeah, maybe not the right audience. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard good things about both of them, so yes. I'm really excited. I'm seeing Oppenheimer next Monday. Okay. Nice. Um, I will say to people. Because the group is super specific. We have to go to a certain theater with the whole whatever. Yeah. That's why it took so long. I will say with Oppenheimer, it is a biopic. It's not like a war film. It's not um, a documentary either. It's very much centered on the main guy who created Oppenheimer? the atomic bomb. Yes. All right. All right. Um, so just bear that in mind. It is long, but it's. I thought it was really well paced. So. I just know I'm going to need all the snacks. That's fair. Three. I didn't even know it was three hours. It is three hours. I learned that on Friday and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you print out the time? Is there an intermission? Like, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you do. Like, if there is a moment in time where I'm like, I need to sneak out real quick and go use the ladies. When, when, when can sure I do this? I'm sure there's a Google guide to that. There's I'm sure oh someone has. There's a website that does that. Oh, I'm That's sure. a genius yeah, idea. Uh, good, Jay wants to know, did you say it in 70, uh, 70 I did millimeter not. IMAX? No, with the, like, what is it, five mile long? 11. 11, 11 mile long. That's insane. But no, I did not. I just saw it in a normal theater because that was the one that's five minutes from my house. So. <laughs> yeah. See, that. Convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I have to wait. Yeah. Because that's a requirement, apparently. Yeah. So. I'm not mad at it. It is what it is. It's okay. <laughs> um, Hello said I have sad news. This will be my last show. Uh, and to that, I say no. I, I really does. hope that's she a joke. No. Hello, because yeah. I I don't know that I can do this without you. So. Yeah, we can't. The answer is just no. Your name is hello. It's not goodbye. Yeah, like exactly. that's not. 
Listen, I know I threaten you all the time to make you goodbye, but the answer is just no. Yeah. Okay. Hello. All right. Let's get into today's show. <laughs> we are going to be hosting a mailbag Monday. Okay. And we stole a few things from the D-Box show. Let's so do it. thanks, D-Box. Appreciate ya. <laughs> Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. Always something interesting in my mailbox. Mega Ran with the mailbox song. Thank you. This sounds just like exactly what Derek sounds like. Mm -hmm. Let me make this very clear to the PHNX D-backs crew. If you don't do your bit that you have done every Monday since you've come into existence, we will steal it. And they said that they weren't doing it today because they have a post game. They're doing it Tuesday. It's ours now. There we go. Suck it, Mayor. Suck it, Jesse. Wait. Suck it, Sean. Hold up. Why did people always He's not this? the mayor. Well, that's oh, true. Didn't he right. just Shane, get kicked out? Yes. Former mayor of go. PHNX, Thank Derek you. Montia, can suck it as well. Also, when are we going to do a vote for that? Because I, I feel like I'm going to throw my name in, in the hat. <laughs> I think Sean took particular. Sean, Sean, Sean came out and just yelled, fuck you, Espo. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we will uh what was your question i totally <laughs> forgot when are we gonna do the mayor vote uh i sometime in august i think we need to do it okay, okay. Uh, and i will be putting together quite the smear campaign oh, so. boy. oh yes. i love that Wonderful. okay all right mailbag monday we've got our first couple of questions here mm -hmm. first one is from christo said how do you guys envision vogel structuring the defensive scheme for this team around Aiton and in general any key slash standout players that'll be supplementary focal points. Hmm. So I think this defense is going to lean heavily into switching. If you look at the way the roster is constructed, you have a lot of guys that can defend multiple positions. I think the Suns in the past did not use DA's mobility out on the perimeter quite enough in terms of switching. They had him in a drop a lot of the time. And I think maybe Vogel will be able to, if he's able to tap into a more focused engage da that's a guy that should be able to hold his own on the perimeter in switches as well so I, I think with da you want his rim protection closer to the basket if that's what vogel's able to tap into but you look at the rest of the guys like bradley beal devin booker they'll probably be guarding anywhere from one to three on a given possession eric gordon is a guy who's he's six foot three but he's built to defend threes and even fours in a pinch um you know we all know akogi and goodwin are really good defenders with the wingspans and the deflections to be able to guard multiple positions. And Kevin Durant, he can guard up, he could be a small ball five, he could guard two through whatever. So I do think that the Suns' defensive scheme is going to lean heavily into switching. Um, he's going to throw a lot of different recalls and adjust based on what opponents are doing in playoff scenario, but I do think we'll see probably a lot more switching. I mean, switchability makes sense with the, especially with the wingspan of all these guys mm -hmm. uh, and stuff. But doesn't that counteract your point that they want DA to be more of a rim protector too? Because if you're switching that much, aren't you going to wind up with him out on the perimeter at times in this? Or are you, you thinking you switch with the other four and, and keep him more central? Yeah, I, I think you try to keep him more central, but you do acknowledge that in some situations he's going to get switched on the perimeter, mm -hmm. and that's okay when you have a fellow seven-footer like Kevin Durant and his secondary rim protection. That's one thing that we saw a little bit last season, but probably not enough just because he was so he got 10 regular season games yeah. before the playoffs started. 
So I think we'll probably see a scheme that's more tailored to taking advantage of the fact that, hey, if DA's on the perimeter, we have another guy that can block shots at the rim. Um, and Drew Eubanks fits that mm -hmm. description as well. We well, and if Kata Bates Diop ends up playing alongside of them, like his wingspan gives mm -hmm. him an advantage in that area as well. Mm -hmm. It's seven three. Yes, well, we've we've talked a lot about uh, Vogel's impact on Da, but I actually kind of wonder. And I know I know Katie's older now, but is there some kind of benefit defensively that we're going to see for KD too, where Vogel puts him in different positions to succeed mm -hmm. in this defensive scheming in ways that maybe we haven't seen. Uh, you know, because he's he's sneaky good with all that on on mm -hmm. all these different positions. I I, I kind of wonder that it's entirely possible, especially because we saw with the Warriors how locked in defensively Kevin Durant was. We saw it in fits and spasms with the Nets because they just had so many guys that were hurt or out for whatever reasons. Um, but here in Phoenix, I think if this team wants to be good, they need their core four to be locked in defensively. We've seen it from Booker. Um, we're assuming that'll happen with Beal now that he's on a winning team. And we've seen it with Kevin Durant. We've seen it with DA. So I, I think if you have all those guys on the same page, you're going to be able to tap into that. And, and I think Kevin Durant will be able to shine even more defensively than he has in, in a while. Yeah. All right. Crystal also wanted to know um, what will be the most critical aspects of Aiton's game for him to work on this summer to take that next leap, either offensively or defensively. For me, I'd love to see him go back and watch some of that tape where he was his most effective defensively and try to understand what what's happened. And is it is it all effort? Is it some other aspects that that have changed? I, I want to see him completely dive headfirst into what Frank Vogel wants him to accomplish defensively and really live and breathe that. Because to me, the defensive end is going to unlock the offensive end from an aggressive standpoint. If he's locked in, he's making plays, he's kind of the vocal leader in part on defense, I think that will give him more confidence on the offensive end. And to me, I don't know how much of DA's offense is going to change at this point, but what he can do on the defensive end can dramatically change and have a bigger impact than we saw last season. Yeah, defensively is where they need him to be better than last mm -hmm. season. I don't know if there's a particular skill other than just saying general rim protection because he has the athletic tools, he has the length, the size, the strength to be a good rim protector, and we've seen it in the recent past during that finals run in particular and that whole season. Um, this year, in terms of something he can specifically work on, like I've been hammering this home for months now, people are probably sick of hearing me say it, but like, just one to two dribbles when you catch the ball mm -hmm. in the short roll because every catch that he gets there he's either taking one two step and going to the basket which is good or if he doesn't have the forward momentum he's pulling up for a float or a mid-range jumper i would love to see him just take one power dribble two power dribbles to close that gap between himself and the low man initiate some contact get to the foul line finish strong dunk on somebody like that's all that all it needs is one to two dribbles and that unlocks a whole bunch of different stuff because we've seen his post moves that he's pretty much limited to the hook shot. We've seen his dribble move in the paint. It's pretty much a spin move that defenses know is coming. So I would love to see him just be able to add that to his game. <laughs> Maybe even like a Euro step in the middle of there would be great when he catches that ball in the short roll because that would open up so much for him. You just Part of me feels like a lot of that has to do with confidence within that area mm -hmm. because Sometimes it just feels 
frantic. Yeah. If that it makes sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it, it's just like, just believe in yourself, have confidence in what you're going to do, put the ball on the floor and go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about one to two dribbles. We're not, we're not asking you to go coast to coast right. here, DA. Like and, you can and, do it. And, we, and we've seen flashes of it. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, that dunk that he had on Michael Porter Jr. in the 2021 playoffs was where he caught the ball in the short roll, put one or two dribbles and just dunked all over him. And we were like, oh shit, like this could be happening now. And we've only seen it every now and then. So I would love to see him continue to work on that and add that to his game for next year. Yeah, give me the old school power dribble and and use your size. I kind of hope Drew Eubanks uh, in practice kind of helps in that mentality too. No no knock on, on Jock or Bismack, but I feel like Drew Eubanks in practice will try to put a body on DA, will try to dunk on him those kind of things where maybe uh, maybe just that competition ups it a little bit uh when when it comes to game time but really i still think defensively if he gets engaged you know he's he's hitting on guy hitting against guys he's rejecting shots that maybe that makes the physicality on the offensive side a, a little bit more because i still feel like the times we've seen him very locked defensively is where we get those moments like the Michael Porter Jr. dunk and those kind of things. So hopefully it goes hand in hand this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Spencer wants to know if the Suns aren't done with the roster and they decide to cut Ish Wainwright, who do you think the Suns could target via small trade or free agent signing? I'm just going to say it. It's James no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I. It... Should we start with the a disclaimer here? I think we could do that and then move on to maybe some others. But because um, I know that the TJ McConnell shenanigans popped up again today, mm. and I call them shenanigans just because the odds of them happening in the near future are pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark Stein did report that the Suns are interested in McConnell. We've heard this a couple times over the last few weeks. And while I believe that the Suns are interested in McConnell, it's just going to be a few extra steps to acquiring him if it does reach that point. Like, if the Suns decide to cut Ish Wainwright, McConnell is not somebody they could target with a small trade or a free agent signing. It would have to be a lot more math involved here. Right, because he makes about $9 million. And you, (laughs) if you look at the state of the roster, if you're looking for just a straight-up trade for McConnell, A, you can't trade guys until uh, well into the season. Any recently signed guys until well into the season. And even at that point, to make the salary match, like outside of the big four, your next biggest contract is Eric Gordon at $3 million. So you're going to have to stack three or four players to trade for one guy. I like McConnell. I don't like him that much to give up Mm -hmm you know, a third of your rotation, basically. So I think one thing that uh, our friend David Nash on Twitter pointed out was they do have those trade exceptions. And while you cannot combine them to absorb a larger salary, they could use a trade exception to bring in a guy in that $6 million range and then combine him with one other player to get the math right on a McConnell trade. You'd have to do that later on in the season, obviously. But something to keep an eye on um, if they really do like McConnell that much. Uh, Stein also said in the piece that McConnell hopes to stay in Indy. So if you want to see McConnell in a Suns jersey, I mean, he doesn't have say over it, but you're probably hoping that Indy also has a bad season as well. Uh, I think you could look at Boston's Peyton Pritchard. If they really do want to move him and there's been rumblings 
in this offseason that that's the case, that's $2.6 million. Mm-hmm. You could do it with the trade exemption, throw a second or a couple seconds. Uh, if, if the whole thought here is that they want to con- actually still add at the point guard spot, which the only name we've heard is TJ McConnell since everything else has gone down. I think Peyton Pritchard's the uh, younger, cheaper version that you hope becomes a, a McConnell type at some point. So that's a name I, I, I think you – and obviously pure speculation. There's no mm-hmm. sources. I'm not claiming anything. I just – that kind of makes some sense just connecting dots. I personally feel like this is – this is it. This is the roster that we will start mm-hmm. the season with. Mm-hmm. I don't anticipate any additional movement in this offseason. I do think the Suns set themselves up, though, nicely, given the situation that they're in, to be able to have a little bit of flexibility it during the season. Whether that's, like you said, signing somebody with the TPE, packaging it with one of the guys that they picked up this offseason, of course, not until December something, the 15th, 15th right? Yeah. Um, and then making some movement in that area or just using the TP ahead of the trade deadline because it does expire at the end of the regular season. So basically the trade deadline yeah. to bring in somebody based off of more knowledge that they have throughout the regular season of what they maybe need, have a hole that they need to fill or something of that sort. Yeah. And random question for you on, on the exception. And you may not know this, so I'm sorry I'm putting you mm-hmm. on the spot. But in theory, could you trade the exception in a three-team deal to one team? Could they move a player to the other and could you take a player back because you know i mean i think as i mean it depends on what the salaries are yeah. but as long as it can be involved in a three-team deal as long as the player that you're getting back for the trade exception fits exactly. within that salary range i don't i don't know if you could then trade it to another team though yeah i'm not sure just, i would need to look just into wondering that. yeah but i i like we put together a list of like 30 names that would fit last week for trade exception guys. Um, I do like Daniel House Jr. He's a guy that picked up a $4.3 million player option. I'm not sure if the Sixers were particularly excited about that, considering he didn't really play for much much for them in the playoffs. Uh, and I will always selfishly include Jared Vanderbilt in there. He makes $4.7 million. Um, he was great for them in the regular season, but in the playoffs he didn't get a lot of run because his lack of offense kind of glued him to the bench so if that continues in the regular season or the Lakers season goes downhill definitely a name I will be bringing up obnoxiously later on oh boy (laughs) can't wait um we did get a super chat from Frank thank you Frank sent us a couple bucks said I'm expecting nothing less than playoffs Frank B I mean if they don't if they don't make the playoffs something went horribly horribly wrong so agreed we're probably in a studio with things burning down I don't want to know what I don't even want to try and envision what could happen. Dear to keep it, it's know. injuries, and that's... Yeah. Frank, we're not doing that. On all three of the big guys. Just kidding. Yeah. We probably will in a later question. <laughs> all right. Next question. Um, pessimistic sons? Get it? Pessimistic sons. No. Pessimistic. Pessimistic sons. Okay. Right? Pessimistic sons. Yes. Yeah. A little... A little tongue twister for us here. Uh, they want to know if the Suns are top two in the West by February, are all three of Durant, Book, and Beal going to Indy for the All-Star game? 
In theory, yes. First of all, what was that southern twang that we got? Just... <laughs> I thought we have already a little agreed. little tongue twister. We've well, already agreed I'll that every once in a while it just comes out. I don't understand where the accent comes from. It's a you twister, get, Auntie. I don't twister. know why. You get possessed by this character of, on that book cover. Yes. <laughs> you know, listen. She just has to break out. It's the weirdest thing my whole life. It's been like that my whole life. Like yeah. when I didn't live in, when I first moved away from Sierra Vista, I moved to California and everyone was like, where are you from? I feel like you have an accent. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> but apparently it just slips in and out sometimes that's, with certain things that I say. I don't, I don't Sierra know. Vista <laughs> I, right. I mean, I, I have Sierra family Vista in Texas, twang. so maybe it just comes from them. Like, there's, just, I don't know. Listen. I'm sorry, what was, what, you, what was the question? Can <laughs> we put that back up? Oh, that's it. If the suns are top two in the West by February... Are all three of Durant, Book, and Beal going to Indy for the All-Star game? They should be, uh, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think Book and Durant probably will, just because of the sheer star power. I don't know if all three, if you can squeeze all three, because the West has so many All-Stars. And Bradley Beal has put up numbers on the Wizards for years, but because they weren't good, he only has, I think, three All-Star selections to his name. So they'd, they'd have to the be... the last one was 2021, right? Yes, but but he also averaged 31 points per game that season. So I don't I it'll be tough for Beal to get in, I think. Why are we punishing the best stars in the NBA by saying the one break that you're getting in this season, you have to go to Indiana. I mean <laughs> I mean, seriously, Indiana in February. Yeah, that's like, that's I don't want to go to Indiana most times, but February I really don't want to go to I Indiana. will say I don't you, I don't mess with Indy. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't mess with Indiana. Okay. We've already that's on record. Right. I'm not a fan. Mm. But I will give credit to them for having the indoor like walkways. It goes from building to building. So that's you don't smart. have to go outside. That's good. And it's not every building, but it's some of them, and that still gets brownie points in in my book. We need those here in Phoenix. It's like I, it's like, like living in a hamster thing. Like you can walk from tunnels. Basically, all cold weather all star games. I had to yes. go to New York mm -hmm. when it was record cold in February. I had to go to Toronto when it was record cold in February. In New York, I walked twenty four blocks yeah. in it, not knowing how just how damn cold. Anyways, the question. That's tough. Uh, I, I if they're a top two team in the NBA, I think they're getting three. And it's either DeAndre Ayton is surprised so much that he sneaks in as the third, or it's Bradley Beal. Because all eyes are going to be on this team this year. Mm. National media is going to be looking to either uh, hold them up or tear them down. Uh, so I think if they are a top two team uh, in the league, they're getting three in. Do you really think so? I yes. I think they. I You're think to get so much faith in everybody. For that one. I, to get three in, they'd have to be the number one team in the NBA, I feel like. I don't think that they would be able to pull that one off. I just, I mean, Liz even... says it's a popularity contest, and it absolutely is. Um, but even beyond that, it's it's just like, I don't know. It just feels a little wonky to me the with the way that it goes about Look, these days. If Katie's good, he's getting voted in. Yeah, KD for sure. I think books... Book, Book has it. Has he... He hasn't been a starter. No, I no. don't think he will be. Fans, he hasn't been fans a starter. He's only been voted one of one the three technical times. time. Yeah. yeah. Look, but Beal's advantage is he's going to have everybody in Washington voting for him because I think they still love him. Yeah. This wasn't a 
we hate this guy for getting out. They looked at the situation and probably went, I'd be doing the same thing as this guy, right? Yeah. And Maybe. then you'll have Suns fans wanting to vote like crazy. I think if he's having a really good season, this team is, he could even get voted in uh, depending on how well they're playing. And then Book, I think, gets in because coaches, players, they respect the hell out of him. So if they're if they're a top two team in the NBA, and think of all the national games they're going to have. Mm-hmm. They're going to have, I mean, we haven't even seen the schedule. That comes out probably middle of the next month. But I guarantee the number of national games is going to blow our freaking mind. Oh, yeah. So it, it, There will be a lot of exposure, and he is. this is not quite the same as, like, the 64-win season when we were pushing McHale and D.A. Uh, to a lesser extent yeah. to be all-stars. Like, obviously, Beal is more of an established star at this point than either of those two were then. I, I just I think it's going to be – there's so many – talented young players in the league now and there's only especially when it comes to backcourt slots those are pretty limited so i don't know we'll we'll see but if i i do think they need to be the number one team in the west to get three in for sure yeah now how many would play in the game totally different story i could see (laughs) katie and book finding ways to get out of playing in it but uh but i think all three of them could get in technically be named all-stars I don't know. I just wouldn't put money on that one. Someone, personally. someone did say it was it would be cool if the Suns had the best record in the West and Frank Vogel got to coach the All Star game in Indy. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool. It would be fun. And have to coach LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't put my money on it, but if you want to put your money on something, download the MGM Sportsbook app because it's a heck of a lot of fun. They've got a bunch of cool promotions going on over there, and of course, we've got one for you guys as well. So if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, when you sign up, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you place your first bet offer and you receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. And, of course, a reminder that our friends over at OGs are doing some really cool things. They do not miss when it comes to flavor and effect. And right now, they've got a limited edition flavor on the shelves, Pink Lemonade. Make sure you get your gummies while you still can in that flavor. You can check out OGs online at OGsBrands.com or on Instagram at OGsBrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. OGs has a product for whatever it is that you are looking for, whether it's just really flavorful gummies, they've got the mixed bag right now, which you get all the fruits and all the creams. If you're looking for something a little more low key, you could find like the happy balance gummy that comes in the strawberries and cream. If you're looking for sleep or rest and relaxation, they've got the aqua berry flavor sleep edition, which helps with that and a whole bunch of other things. So make sure you guys check them out. Um, especially because summertime, we're staying inside. Remember? Remember? I want a mystery bag. I've literally yelled at you guys about this for the last three weeks. We're staying inside. Well, you can't go outside with the long sleeve black and the <laughs> jeans. 
it's just not doable. We're staying, so we're staying inside. inside. Yeah, we live here now. We I, live here now. <laughs> I, I do want the mystery bag, though, where you don't know what flavor. They are all just the same color. You don't know what the flavor is. Obviously, you know what, what kind and what dose, but just the, the flavor is a mystery. Like airheads. Emma's like, but <laughs> I have my flavor. favorites and I want those ones. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think that the mystery bags are like that. Oh. Oh, you want different milligrams? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no. Like I'm I, I think that they're like the same color as they would be if it was like it's normal. like you can tell. Yeah, the I don't bag. Wa- I don't want to know. I'm saying I want a mystery bag where oh, they make them all the same color. Right. The mixed eyes. bag, you know what they are, but mm-hmm. just close your eyes. Well that's okay. fair too. Yeah. So Eric in the chat said, Hot take. If Aiden fixes himself, we get four all stars. And then somebody also had mentioned, Chris did. Chris said, if this was the Warriors, all three would be locked in, and maybe Aiden would get in if he did great, too. Yeah, if we were in a bigger market, for sure. Look, somebody brought it up. I said it with Beal. Katie and Beal bring their own fan bases. Book, book and and to a much lesser extent, uh, DA are going to have a, uh, you know, are the ones that would have uh, more trouble just because. I don't know, man. Exposure is going to be huge. This is all a <laughs> popularity is. contest. If this team's doing things we haven't seen offensively since, like the Warriors or their own thing that's exciting, plus all bets t- are off. Plus the TV deal. Yeah. yeah. Suns games will be broadcast yeah. more here in Arizona. Yeah. That could help. Yeah. All bets are off, I think, uh, when, once with the exposure this year. I mean, basically what we need to do is take a page out of the Warriors book and just get some K-pop. Yes. One uh, K-pop tweet. Hey, yeah, like get some K-poppers on our side. Mm-hmm. The Suns do send all of their people, and we got four. Mm-hmm. The, the Suns do have a new marketing person. So no. maybe maybe they know somebody in the K-pop world. I'm just <laughs> saying. Listen, if you are somebody who knows somebody in that world, <laughs> make a phone call. You send know, a message. You know what? We're gonna make it our personal do us a favor <laughs> to find out some celebrities, K-pop or otherwise. To help push these sons this year. It's just so hard now because I feel like celebrities, like the following isn't as diehard maybe as it once was. Where like back in the day, I feel like if you had a celebrity tweet to their fan base to do something, that fan base actually like came through and did it. Mm -hmm. I feel like it doesn't happen like that as much anymore. I'll say this. I got one degree of separation between me and Ryan Reynolds and me and Emma Stone. So maybe we could make something there you go. Okay, let's do it. All I right. can't, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> These sons said two questions. Lindsay, did you get the sun's bucket hat yet? Nope. Still looking for some good bucket hats to add to my rotation, including a sun's one. And then the second question, Espo, what is your favorite old school NBA game and go to sun's player? Okay, so this is like video game video, or like I, a historical yeah. game. I I'm talking. I game. read this as like video game. I did too. NBA Jam is goaded, and that mm. will forever be my favorite basketball game because I was in the right a- age, in the right era of Suns basketball to play that. Barkley is the guy you play with, and you run him to the three, the corner three, and run him back slightly, have him shoot it. You're gonna be, you're gonna be good. But my, the OG basketball game was Bird versus Jordan, mm. and I played it. This is how old I am, on a computer. Oh, yeah. And they had dunk contests and three-point contests and that shit. Mm -hmm. And you had to hit, like, A, B and arrow buttons to do the dunk right. And Mm. that is my GOAT, my OG GOAT uh, basketball game that none of you know anything about. (laughs) 
All right. Nice. Uh, we got one from Christian. They said, are injuries a legitimate concern this season? And if so, do you think the front office built a roster that can withstand significant injury slash injuries? Um, I think injuries are always a legitimate concern, just in the nature of sports, because it's one of those things that sometimes you have freak accidents that happen. Mm -hmm. Cough, cough, Kevin Durant, game one when he was supposed to be in Phoenix last yeah. year. Um, I think, though, with this team, I would say if one of the big three goes down, I think you'll be fine. I think you could fall a few spots, but I think overall you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. If two of them go down, I don't know that there's any team that if two of their stars go down would be able to really like. Yeah. You, you'd be fighting to keep your head above water. And yeah. I feel like most teams would be that way. I think it depends on which of the three. If KD gets injured and misses significant time, I think it impacts you more than if Booker or Beal does because Booker or Beal can slide into the other one's spot. KD is a different beast. And I don't know uh, that Kata Bates, Diop, or any of these other guys that you got can slide in there and really take on – uh, what you need there, like Air, what Booker Beal gets hurt, Eric Gordon steps up. You know Jordan Goodwin. There, there could be patches there. I don't see if KD goes out for significant time how you're making that. Honestly, I mean, I, I think they'll still be fine if, like Lindsay said, one of the three goes down. Like if it's Booker or Beal, the other one can take on more of a scoring and playmaking load. If Kevin Durant goes down, I do think KBD is good enough defensively to help make up for that as long as he's hitting threes. Um, and it would put more pressure on the other two to produce offensively. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, yes, injuries are always a big concern when you have a team that's constructed this way. A lot of people keep calling the Suns top heavy. I don't see that. I see their top obviously has the majority of the contract money and the majority of the production, but I do think if only one goes down, they'll be able to survive. Um, but it, yeah, like Lindsay said, there are a couple of weird teams, like maybe the Heat, that if they, you know, Bam and Jimmy went down, they'd probably find a way to just keep winning games because <laughs> Eric Spolstra's a freak like that. But like other than that, there aren't a lot of teams that if you took one or two of their top guys, they would still be at the same level. Um, maybe Milwaukee, but like, I don't know. Well, if it's Giannis, no. Like, if, I mean, you know, like, Drew and Chris and Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, it's still a good team. But, yeah, like you're obviously dropping off no matter who you are if you lose your best player. Yeah, I think I think it depends on your definition of okay. Like, yeah. you're not missing the playoffs if you have one of these guys. But, you know. In the playoffs, if you're missing any of those guys, you're screwed. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like I mean, but I'm saying you're not missing the playoffs yes. if you miss one of those right. guys. You're okay that way, but. You know, obviously, injuries depend on what's the severity. How long is a guy out? Like, injuries are concerned with this team because if you look at KD, Beal, and Book, they've all missed significant time over the last three years. But it, it just it depends. If, if they're not all missing at the same time and it's, hey, guy's out for 10 games here, but the other two are there, you'll be all right. Like, it, to your point, it all comes down to are you healthy in the playoffs? Are right. you ready in the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Have you played enough in the regular season – where where you have a rhythm, we saw that with KD plays mm -hmm. you know plays nine total games because of the of the ankle injury, and you're not ready for the playoffs because you just don't have 
a rhythm with these guys, all sorts of things. And, so. and this is a team that over the last few years has recognized the value and learned the value of peaking at the right time. Yeah. We saw during the 64-win season, they were just cruising. They were making it look easy. And then when it got hard in the playoffs, the script totally changed. I think last year we saw them pace themselves a little bit more. I think we'll see something similar this year. And if you look at Beal, you look at Book, you look at KD over the last few seasons, they've missed anywhere from like 10 to 20 games apiece. So Beal has said that a lot of that stuff was nagging injuries and maybe on a more competitive team he would have played through some of them and not rushed to try and get back. Um, but you can probably expect them to miss maybe double-digit games unless they all have a really blessed season <laughs> from an injury perspective. And that should probably be factored into our expectations in terms of how many games they win in the regular season. But like you said, the most important thing, just be healthy and just be out there long enough to build chemistry so that when the playoffs roll around, you're healthy, you're ready, and you have that chemistry yeah. together. 16 wins, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Sly in the chat said load management. Oh, yeah. Do you anticipate them being a little more open to, quote-unquote, load management? It may not look the same. As a load management, they may not sit people based off of quote unquote rest, mm -hmm. but low key load management throughout the season to an extent, especially when yeah. we're playing a not as competitive team. It could be back to back. Like maybe I think it'll depend though, because I think last year with Book, like the biggest thing was they try he tried to come back too soon for that Christmas Day game. And made it worse. They should have just told him straight up no. Right. And and that's the line that they'll need to draw with these guys. Like, hey, we got bigger ambitions. Like, I know you want to play on Christmas or for this game or that game or back-to-backs or whatever. But, like, we need you for this time of year, so don't rush yourself back. So we might see maybe an injury take a little bit longer. Maybe the, the sort of Chris Paul effect where he's day-to-day -day and we see him a week or two after the fact. I What I think is you'll, you'll see guys, in particular book, less prone to try to push it because remember how bad they were mm -hmm. when he got injured? Yes. He had no backstop where if he wasn't out there, he could believe in these guys until Mikhail started picking it up like a month into that, mm -hmm. that whole thing or three weeks. Uh, so I think he, he rushed back because that was his instinct to try to, you know, save the team in some way. When you have KD Bradley Beal, there with you in a bench that actually is deep. I don't know that we'll see him if I hope he doesn't get injured like that, but if he does, I don't think he's going to push the the envelope as much. But one thing I think we'll we'll hear more of is actual answers when you ask what's going on with a guy because Frank Vogel doesn't strike me as the guy that's just going to give you a bullshit vague answer just because you know well, that's just the way we do it. I feel mm -hmm. like we'll have a better idea of what's actually going on with these guys. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. Jay wants to know what led each of us to pursue a career around the NBA. Story time. Gerald, you want to start? I think we make Lindsay start for once. Yeah. Go ahead. Why do I always got to start? Always. You never start. <laughs> never. Go ahead. Lindsay. This is facts. I don't. Um, so I always wanted to tell stories in some capacity right mm -hmm. so I initially like this type of thing that we're doing right now even team reporters and all that type of stuff didn't really exist when i was no. it not really it just didn't exist 1975 whatsoever. was a tough time for those of us in media <sighs> i know right god <laughs> i remember the good old days in the 70s miss that I tell you what <laughs> <laughs> um so i initially was like oh well then i'll be an actor like that's great that's cool let's mm -hmm. do that 
So I graduated high school early, moved to LA when I was 17 and tried doing that whole thing. And um, while I did do a couple things and it was a lot of fun, I more so chalked that up to like my quote unquote college years because okay. it was just fun. Right? What kind of stuff? Like ads or Stuff what? on record? Like, yeah. No, no, no. Like just like I didn't take it that seriously. Oh, like okay. I wasn't gotcha. putting as much into it as I should have because mm -hmm. I went from Sierra Vista to L.A., met a group of friends that I absolutely adored. And then we just kind of did like what you would do in college, like okay. the normal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then. I hung out there for a few years, came back to Phoenix, had to figure out exactly what like my next career was going to be. And I was like, I still want to tell stories like that's still the goal. I know I like I love sports, played sports growing up my whole life. Um, didn't want to be in news or anything of that sort, because, gosh, how could you know? Hard pass. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's do sports and see if we can kind of carve out some space in that area because things were starting to change like twitter came around social media was being used really differently um and so i was able to get basic like i feel like i was one of a handful of people in the valley who did kind of storytelling and content creation for teams like i was one of the first ones who was able to actually do that as like a real role mm -hmm. not a in addition to role yeah. which i feel like you kind of had espo like Yours yeah. was like added on and to your plate as things started to kind of turn around. And then yeah. once people were like, no, this is an important thing, um, we wanted to do it. And I always just wanted to end up with the Suns in Phoenix. Like they were the last team that I got with. Uh, but the Suns were always the goal because I had the most fun watching the Suns. And like I have I, I didn't grow up in a basketball family, but I do have some memories as a kid of the Suns being the biggest like eye opener to me. Like when we got to go to games or whatever, it was the biggest wow factor. Mm. And I also love the culture around the NBA more than the most out of all the, the big leagues. Yeah. So the Suns fact? were always the, the goal. Nice. You want a fun fact? I hated doing those things on camera <laughs> with the Suns because I, I, I just, it wasn't me. Like this is more me, mm -hmm. but some of the on camera things. And I, said two three years before i left i want to hire lindsey smith to do this because i don't want to have to do it <laughs> anymore and i think she could handle it i never got it approved but I'm glad it is I'm interesting though because i know we've i had conversations like by the time you were there like there was always things that were kind of like let's talk let's see if we can and then you and i literally just swapped yep well <laughs> i went to corporate i didn't swap well, with you well in sport, i mean okay you you, you, you left in. i came in yeah they yeah. blood bloodlet uh, a lot there and then you came <laughs> in and worked with a new group of people so uh you you can go to it yeah so i mean i since i was like two years old i grew up watching vhs tapes of like grant hill and michael jordan and all those nba highlight mixtapes that they would play uh, my parents said I was a very finicky child, and whenever they would put on basketball, I would just sit there and shut up. So it became so very a habit. Yeah, so very much the same now. Nothing's changed. 29, 30 years later. Uh, but uh, I I was just always in love with the game of basketball. My parents got me one of those little Fisher-Price hoops. I was always, I was always dunking on it and um, playing basketball from a young age. So my dream was always to be an NBA player. And at a certain point in high school, you realize, hey, I'm not big, strong, athletic, good enough to play at a uh, at the next level. So I had an English teacher that um, I was always a good student, but she kind of cultivated my write, my love for writing. And I feel like it was a much more articulate way for me to express myself because I was kind of a, a shy kid for the most part. 
Um, and still to this day, I feel like I can express myself way more articulately with writing than I can in person. So we've actually um, considered replacing you with AI where you just, just type your thoughts. Just let me sit behind the chair yeah. and I'll type out what I want to say. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I figured at that point in time, like I was applying for colleges, the Walter Cronkite School here in Arizona was obviously a very good journalism school. Um, and I was like, okay, if I can't play professional basketball, I might as well write about it and tell their stories and live vicariously through them. So I came out here for a college visit. They told me that I could get my bachelor's and my master's in four years as part of the honors college. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I started writing for a website called hoops habit. Wasn't paid back then. It was just to try and practice my craft we got picked up by the fan side of network and I worked for them for seven years, started covering games and it all just kind of spiraled together at the same time. You, you know, our, our, we've talked about how I've wanted you wherever I want up, but the CEO of fan sided was the guy that was my college roommate started uh, a local website here. He joined, uh, joined fan sided uh, after that oh, as really? a, a coder and then became the co-CEO, and uh, yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that's cool. Small world <laughs> that's in funny. that. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll give the abridged version because my history is much longer than your guys's. But uh, did you just call yourself old? I'm old. <laughs> I, I, I at least it wasn't me. I know, didn't do it. I, uh, I called us old earlier. So I we was five. I was five when I realized I wasn't going to be playing. Uh, I, I wasn't going to be playing professionally <laughs> in the NBA, but. That's a uh, tough realization for a five-year-old. No, nah, it's not that tough. <laughs> I just have never been athletic. Surprise, I was surprise. really early. It's very yeah, early yeah, into but, your career. I was, I was very self-aware, all right? <laughs> not so much now, but back then. Like alarmingly so for a child. But I, uh, I, I just, I always loved sports, and I fell in love with sports radio in this town when I, you know, again, to make it old, when it actually started here, mm -hmm. like uh, in the 90s, and... <laughs> Just really loved the way you could story tell, could discuss. I was a big sports nerd, so it was a cool way to to interact with others because, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's just the way you did it. I used to play, you know, ball all the time in the summer, you know, sweating my ass off in 118 weather, drinking from mm -hmm. the green the green hose. I was like, look, I yeah. want to do this. I knew, <laughs> I knew since I was 10 I mm -hmm. wanted to do this. I uh, started in radio at 15, uh, started a website. You know, I always kind of knew I wanted to – Wind up with the Suns. Jeremy McPeak hired me, and then everybody pretty much knows uh, knows the rest of it. I mean, you've seen most of it throughout the years, and I just mm -hmm. I love this. This was always my dream. I, not so much the video because I didn't want people to see me, but the uh, the yeah. whole <laughs> the whole talking hoops, talking sports. I love it, and it's always been a passion. And I'm honored to get to do this all the time. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We can't play the game of basketball, but we can go watch the game of basketball. And the best place to get tickets when the sun season tips off is, of course, game time. I can play, just not at an NBA level. Let's not get the We cannot the play wrong NBA idea. basketball, but we can go watch NBA basketball. <laughs> I'll still basketball. give anybody in the chat. There, buckets, are you happy? Not NBA, players. NBA basketball. <laughs> there we go. More specific. <laughs> Sorry, Gerald. Just I didn't mean to discredit this. your street hoops game. My average your hoop level. LA fitness hoops game. <laughs> Thank you. Not bad. But if you guys are looking for tickets to sporting events or concerts, Game Time is the place to get tickets without the stress. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, just create an account and redeem that code PHNX for $20 off 
Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And also, nothing goes hand in hand like Suns basketball and Four Peaks beer. So make sure you are stocked up once the sun season tips off. But of course, it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. Nothing cools you off more than an ice cold Four Peaks beer. That is true. And also, the brewery is super fun to hang out with. They've got all the drinks. They've got great food, good vibes, lots of TVs in there so you can watch whatever it is that's going on in sports. Check them out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask you to please drink responsibly. Okay, a few more questions. MCG Blue said, we all, the national media may not, Acknowledge the talent that James Jones and Matt Ishby have assembled this offseason, but considering the time a new team needs to gel, regardless the talent, what should we expect the win-loss record to be in the first 20 games and then the first 40 games? I'm going to say 13-7 and seven for the first 20 games, and then I think they go 15-5 and five from there, so like 28-12 and 12 for the so first yeah. half of the season. Can I can I wait till I see the schedule? <laughs> so the schedule does make a big difference here too. I it think it does. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say 32 and eight through 40. Oh wow! Okay. I don't say know what 30 32 and eight. We okay. hitting the ground running. And I think <laughs> I think four or five of those losses come in the first. Uh, okay. In the first 20. Okay. And then I think they kind of crack as long as again health is is imperative in this, but I think they cracked the code pretty early on, on how to offensively play and that the defense will continue to get better throughout the season, but I think they'll play enough of it where they can outscore teams. So I'll go with that 32 and eight. Um, so I was, I was thinking like 30 and 10 okay. for the 40 mm-hmm. mark, but then you made me feel self-conscious cause you went lower and I was I'm like, sorry. well, he wants to head. Should, right? should I be, <laughs> Should I give them a little more leeway? Because usually in years past, I've always erred on the side of caution when it came to anything sort of win-loss record. Right. Because I would rather be impressed than disappointed. Sure. So maybe I should lower that. Well, look. Should we go 25 and 15? I mean, it's it's whatever you want, but I'm just going to throw this out there. The Nuggets <clears throat> were 27 and 13 through the first 40 games of the season last year. Were what? 27 and 13. Don't okay. compare me to the Nuggets. Like, don't give me Why? That. They well, let's let's do that. They won <laughs> I the title. Do them. They won the title. I last win the year. Title I'm okay with that. And they have the best regular season. The Milwaukee Bucks, who I think finished with the league's best record, were 26 and 14 through 40 games. Okay. I'm just saying, like Okay, I'll say this. Through 40 games, mm-hmm. they're five games better than the Nuggets. Through 40 games, listen, listen, five games better. Because my, I think the Nuggets go through uh, one of the championship hangovers. Okay. Like, and and I don't think they feel like they need to get off to a hot start. The, here in Phoenix, they have to because the national narrative is this won't work. So I think that, I think this team has much more. <laughs> Uh, on their shoulders mm. to try to get it done than than anybody else. Five is a lot of games. Though. I don't think they have to do anything. I mean, if you <laughs> want to, if you want you to know. silence the media, sure. But like, the media is gonna find their way to throw shade at the Suns, regardless of what happens. They could be, they could be perfect. They mm. could literally be forty and zero. Mm. 
And the national media will be like, well, it's not sustainable. Well, who have they played? Exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what the Suns do. The national media is going to national media no matter what. <laughs> that, that, what Lindsay just said is so perfectly Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I meant. No, I meant in terms of the national media perception and talking points around the team. Like, I don't give a shit about that. I'm just going to say, like, winning 75 to 80% of your games through the first half of the season is really hard to do. Like, even the year that they won 64 games, they were 31 and 9. So that's that would be worse than your 32 and very close to your original 30 and 10. I, I felt like I was being maybe optimistic with the 28 and 12. But All right, oh, fine. We'll go 20 and 20. <laughs> screw it. Stop it. 40 and 0. Okay, there we go. Now we're, right, now we're back to uh, Aaron in the chat. At, back to He had asked if I used to post on Phoenix Sports Fans Masters Board. I did. Mm. I've had an addiction to all this for far too long. So, sorry. All right. Next one up is from My Name is Fat Mike. They said this season when the Suns need to go big based purely off of what we know right now, who is the lineup? Uh, you were going to get all of them out there at the exact same time. All, DA, all 15 of them? DA, KD, Bobo, Drew oh, Eubank. Oh, wow. Katie Bates Diop. Wow. Let's okay, do so it. Point KBD. Uh, Here we all come. of them. Uh, Give mobile. me all the length. I'm, I'm going chaos menu. It's book. Uh, Katie. Mm-hmm. Bobo, True Eubanks, DA. Oh Why God. not? Let's do this. Do you want to win games? <laughs> I mean, you could put, you could put uh, KBD in there instead of Eubanks if you want. But Yeah, I'm going Durant, DA, KBD, Booker, Beal. That's already a pretty big lineup. I, I know, and I that know. could be our starting five. So, like, I don't know how much bigger you need to go, to be honest with you. And the other thing is, is at some point too, because you we're we're su- assuming it's Da and Drew Eubanks are one and two in that five spot, right? Yes. So if you put the two of them out there, it's gonna have to be staggered to some extent. Mm-hmm. One of them will have to play more because you're not gonna bring both of them out and stick Bulbul. Right in there, you know what I mean. If mm. you're if you're utilizing that type of a lineup, I wouldn't think that you would. And I don't know when you would that. need that lineup. Like Kevin Durant's already near seven feet tall. He's a good rim protector. I I just I feel like their starting lineup is already naturally big, even if they go with a Kogi instead of KBD for that fifth spot. I I believe the answer is for shits and giggles, Gerald. I mean, I'd love to see. <laughs> I would love to see Bobol, Da, and KD out there at once, just Why not? for the fun of it. But like in terms of actual lineups where you need to go big, that's probably not the one you're going to turn to. That only happens like late in the second quarter, just for just, like two yeah, minutes. Right. Just for the memes. Yeah. Just for the memes. All right. Uh, before we get into the Booker Paul Pierce question that we teased in the headline of this show, let me remind you guys that your local Circle K is the best place to go for gas, coffee, beer, snack selections, you name it. Circle K has you covered. Make sure you stock up this summer at Circle K. And the Polar Pops, they stay colder longer, which is so desperately needed here in Phoenix when it's 101 million degrees outside. So make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff that Circle K has. And right now, if you text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, you're going to get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Also, it's summertime, and that means you definitely need sunglasses. So make sure you check out our friends over at Shady Rays. 
They're an independent sunglass company with world-class products, just as good as the expensive ones, but much more affordable. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. This last question came from Cool Ass Chuck. Said Booker versus Paul Pierce before the big three was formed. Are they the same or different? You know, I didn't know what to make of this when it was originally asked. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking into the numbers of these two guys. Eight season, first eight seasons for both of them, right? Uh, and I believe that was pre-big three for both of them. Paul Pierce averaged 23.5 points that combined over those eight seasons. Devin Booker, 23.9 points. Rebounds goes to Paul Pierce, 6.5 to 4. But assists go to Booker, 4.8 to 3.9. Three-point shooting, Paul Pierce, 35.7%. Devin Booker, 35.6%. Mm-hmm. Uh, field goal percentage goes to Book, uh, 44, or excuse me, 46% to 44 Steals, Paul Pierce has the edge at 1.7 to books one. Highest career point average. Paul Paul Pierce, 26.8 points. Devin Booker, 27.8 points. Both guys played on a 19-win team. Paul Pierce had a few more playoff runs than Devin Booker, but he did miss his first three years. The furthest he ever got in the playoffs was the Eastern Conference Finals up to this point. Book made a final. Uh, and neither won a title prior to having a big three. Yeah. So to me, it's actually crazy how close statistically mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, I, I think with Book, his career took a little, it was a little bit slower of a start because of the talent that he had around him. Um, I think the floor with Paul Pierce was maybe a little bit higher because he did have playoffs. But and there was a point in, in his career before the big three happened where it was like, Okay, is he just going to continue to be on the Celtics? Are they ever going to achieve anything with him? Is he maybe overrated because he can't take this team anywhere or because this team is failing him and not giving him enough pieces to contend? Is he just a scorer on an average team? And then as soon as they got him the big three, we saw what they were able to do. A lot of people now think Paul Pierce is overrated a little bit historically, and I might agree with that, but... (laughs) <laughs> Look, if if Booker winds up being a top 20 scorer of all time like Paul Pierce is, I can see some parallels. He's, believe it or not, the Celtics' all-time leading scorer. Book is on that same trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wins a title, he will have endured a lot of the same questions that Paul Pierce had to endure about how good he actually was, mm-hmm. about whether he could be a winner and lead a team to the promised land. Um, so I could see it. And like Paul Pierce was a 10-time All-Star. I mm-hmm. think if Book had better teammates around him earlier in his career – He'd probably have more than three to his name right now. Um, but I do think Book's peak will be higher than Paul Pierce's was. Like, we know that both of them are mid range masters, and uh, Paul Pierce had some longevity to his career in terms of what he did for the Wizards. He had that game winner in the playoffs, I think, for them off the backboard. Um, but I, I do think Book has the chance to be this superstar athlete that stays with one franchise, that wins a title for this franchise and ultimately maybe finishes with more accolades and a higher peak than maybe Paul Pierce's floor was. I'm going to be really disappointed if at the end of all of it, Devin still has to deal with the questions around 
was he, but is it empty stats or was it all everybody else? He couldn't have been that guy mm -hmm. because I don't think that that's fair. There are very few guys who can have a team like Devin had at multiple points in the beginning of his career and win an NBA championship with them, mm -hmm. especially at the age in which he was asked to do it as well. There was just so much uncertainty. There was no stability early on in his career. I mean, yeah. he ran through head coaches like tissues. Five mm -hmm. coaches in four years. Like yeah. insane, absolutely insane. And then, and people are out here asking like, or putting the blame on Devin. And I just don't think that's fair. And I really hope that whatever comes from this new era of Suns basketball that we have moved into of winning Suns basketball again with him on this team, I really hope that that narrative isn't the loudest one in the room. Mm. Um, I understand that it's going to happen and the conversations will be had, but I hope that everyone can understand that you need more than one guy to win an NBA championship. What's crazy to me is the discussion continues, but the second Devin Booker got any real semblance of talent around him, he went to the NBA Finals, right? Mm -hmm. Then he had the single greatest regular season the Suns have ever had with 64 wins, mm -hmm. uh, which is still an impressive number in NBA, not just in Suns franchise history, you know, and that I, I he'll, he'll put this to rest if they win in the next three years. But the, the comparison between him and Pierce in the first eight years, I think it's a fair one to make. And I wasn't sure before I, before I dove into it, I thought, Oh, well, Paul Pierce, probably has a better edge he doesn't so yeah and and i think like i said some people have said that paul pierce is overrated in recent years he's certainly doing himself no favors oh, lately yeah. with some of the things that he's saying as a talking head and whatnot but um i do think like i said the last couple of years of peak devin booker are going to be a lot higher than what paul pierce's was outside of just pure championship success um because i think booker's a better playmaker than paul pierce was um, despite not being quite as as big, so the rebounding will obviously go to Pierce. But. And Pierce wasn't that that number one guy on those teams. That was KG. Okay. Triple B has a good question. Does Pierce get the attention if he's not playing in the Boston no. market? No. If Paul not. Pierce is playing in Phoenix, is it even remotely mm, close Boston to the same market. thing? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Used to be such a good place did. way back in the day. <sighs> Look, no. Paul Paul Pierce benefited from East Coast, Boston the heritage of that, the diehard fans there in Boston. You know, I'm sorry, Boston fans are, are diehard in a weird way. Like mm -hmm. not, it, there's probably very few cities that are, are diehard weird like Celtics fans. Uh, he benefited greatly from that. Yeah, I think so. And, <coughs> and from just the, pure intrigue of the Boston three party, like putting that together. It was like, Oh man, Paul Pierce finally has like legit superstars around him. I think that played into it. Cause like you said, Boston fans are very, um, they're very all on board blue collar with their guys. And he was one of their guys. And as soon as he got help, they felt vindicated because we were like, yes, he finally got over that hump. And yeah, I, I think you're going to see that times five here in Phoenix, just very different. Cause it's not, a Boston, like you're saying. Fun fact, Boston three party almost didn't happen. The Suns were convinced they had KG to the yeah. point where they were working on graphics and stuff. Yeah. Seems like that happens a lot with the Suns. Yeah, T Mac was like that. 
uh, I would Curry, prefer to, for that yeah, to Curry stop happening. Yeah, well, I think it has. I mean, yeah, I'm just, you got Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. What else do you want, Lindsay? <laughs> James Harden. Uh, Duh. I set you up for that. <laughs> You're welcome. At least I knew where so, you were going. At, yeah. least, sources, at least we were similar, somewhat on the same page here. Sources say Lindsay's annoying me now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we're almost done, so you don't have to hang out with me for too much longer. But we did get a super chat from Laking. Thank you so much. Said, so, do you guys think Book could win MVP from what we saw in the playoffs? This could be his best season in the league. It could be, I think, in terms of a statistical standpoint, because if he is spending more time at point guard, he could be averaging anywhere from six to eight or nine assists a game. Uh, we just don't know what the playmaking load is going to look like in terms of how they divvy that up. But I I mean, I feel like he's hit his prime like two years ago, probably when he was mm -hmm. a top five MVP candidate. I think we're going to see that for the next three or four years, probably uh, maybe even longer. So we are definitely in his prime. I think this could be a peak season for him. I think he will be in the MVP running. I don't know if he'll win it, but just because when you have two stars around you like that, people tend to diminish your personal accomplishments. Um, it's just the name of the game with big threes, unfortunately. But I do think he'll be more of a contender this upcoming season than the last year. I think you hit the nail on the head. If they're good enough for Book to win MVP, I'm guessing Katie or Bradley Beal is having a pretty amazing season too, mm -hmm. and they may split that kind of vote, mm -hmm. which does them no good. Finals MVP, though, if they make it, mm. I could totally see see that because the way Book can dominate a series uh, like we saw last playoffs, I actually think, I won't say more realistic, but I think that's, that's probably in the realm of possibility too. But I, I think... MVP is going to be different. All right, guys. We're going to round out the show with some craziness. Some <laughs> shenanigans? Can I, can I don't I even know. One, can I answer one final question that we got? Of course. Okay, so somebody in our in our Discord, and I forget who, asked if we are going to rebrand as Slash. Just the, It should the be Slash. slash. You, uh, you missed, you missed the we, opportunity. We actually yes, have new saying. branding. I just want everybody to know. We are now PHN. Uh, and uh, you can see the logo uh, on our social or on here. So just wanted to share that. I listen. I know. I know that this was like so much work put into the marketing and the design of all of this. I get it. Mm -hmm. I researched for a whole forty-five minutes. I still much feel like, like you missed the mark with slash. You should have been slash. It, it was just like right there for you. I could, I could barely get our brand guy to let me bastardize our logo like that. <laughs> you think I was going to be able to put it just a slash on there? Nice try, yeah. Lindsay. Slash. Nice try. This is what we're all about here. All right. Shenanigans to close out the show. Thankfully, this time, they are not our own shenanigans. I don't know why this got Gilbert Arenas so heated, but he lost his mind about Bull Bull. Here's a, sneak, a snippet of what happened. Have you ever seen a really beautiful girl? Uh-oh. Right? She's beautiful. Got a bad attitude. Right? Mm -hmm. She's not attractive no more because of fucking attitude. Bobo is the pretty girl with a bad attitude. The, can't, the pretty girl, can't the pretty girl change her attitude? Get if her. she ain't changed it, then she's the girl with the bad attitude. Can she change it? she? Okay, so this is just a very small portion of what felt like 85 minutes of them just 
screaming back and forth <laughs> about whether or not Bobo was this or that, mm. which to me just kind of like seems like such a random thing to have that heated of an argument about. It's Bobo. Right? Like I... And it's got to be the first time ever he's been compared to a pretty girl. Like, I don't I don't even understand what Gil is trying to accomplish in this. He's screaming They're t earlier in the in the rant. They're talking about well, well I, Gil, Gilbert Arenas is talking about, well, I got my chance. And blah, 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 and I had to watch all these crappy guys play in front of me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Then he gets to this and I'm like. Okay, so you're mad that a guy that got picked 42nd hasn't turned into something more? Like, I, I do not get this. It was just loud noises, uh, like they said in Anchorman. So, yeah. God bless the acoustics in that place and the sound <laughs> editor, because they just gave him an empty room and were like, go ahead and shout as, as much as you want. I don't um, Yeah, it, it seems like a very weird player to get so fired up about. Like, if he's passionate about it, cool. But, um. I, don't I feel know. like I... there has to be some backstory that we don't know. There has to be some. There is no logical explanation in my brain that I can formulate that you would be this angry about where Bull Bull is in his career. Did he like place unless a there bet? was something else that went down, whether it was a bet like or bet on him to you, win you were a year. part of like the upbringing or the development or something, or you had some sort of investment monetarily or not in some capacity. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. He hated Manute Bull at some point. I don't like know, but like he went on for so long screaming about how Bull Bull doesn't work hard enough or it's mm -hmm. his work ethic that's in question here. And that the question, there has been people behind the scenes who have said that they don't think he has what it takes or he's not willing to put in the work or whatever. But it's like we all, I think, have collectively come to the agreement that Bull Bull has upside but is not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. No matter the situation. Like, you're taking a risk here. I mean, as Hello says, he went bowlistic. I mean, he did, though. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be getting – up in arms about anybody getting really loud and ranting on a podcast. I mean, and the only reason I'm upset <laughs> with Gilbert is he's on my damn corner. That's my bit, Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna compare Bull Bull to a pretty girl at any point mm -hmm. on this show. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, did Bull Bull like steal one of Gilbert's girlfriends or something? Like, this just seems totally irrational. Yeah, I don't know. No idea, but that approach is untenable. <laughs> Emma just told Gerald to shut up. So I think that means we got to leave now because Emma's over it. Emma said that's enough shenanigans for today. And it was, I think, only your first bowl bowl pun of the day. Mm -hmm. But Emma drew the line at one. That's we it. have a show. We have a that's all limit. you get. How do we how do we keep saying it's the off season? We don't have enough to talk about. Right. And then we go to four ten an hour and ten minutes every time. I don't know, but shout out to all of you guys who continue to come through and hang out with us um, during what would be considered the dead time mm -hmm. of the NBA. We don't use NBA. that word around here, Lindsay. It's the off-season. Uh, the off-season <laughs> oh, Thank you. of the NBA. But listen, it's still a lot of fun. We have a blast hanging out with you guys. We hope that you guys have a blast hanging out with us as well. So thank you again for being here. We'll be back tomorrow with a show at 3 p.m. Until then, make sure you give the show a follow on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. Or follow it on X. 
whatever <laughs> you feel like calling the bird app. You can Z us? Or the X app? <laughs> Dang. I'm going to call it Twitter. It's just, it is what it is. It's X Twitter, you guys. Give it to you. Uh, you can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. These two took so long to answer today that my poor parents are sitting at the hey, airport right now. Retro. You're going to play my